this is the easiest way to hold CEOs and corporations accountable, right? Is if they screw up uh, publicly. But how do we hold them accountable when they're promising the world but aren't coming through? Like that's different, right? Yeah. Are they promising anything really, though? Well, yeah, that's the question. I mean, maybe we should – maybe – okay, how about this? If you promise something, you're the CEO of a corporation and you promise something, right? You should be forced uh, five times a day for a month to give your candid thoughts about race in America so oh, that God, we know what, what you really think. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> that way we know what you really think so we can cancel you when it turns out that, that you taking a knee – at a branch of your bank is actually a bunch of performative BS. What? How could you say that about Jamie, Jamie Diamond? Diamond. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about our performative promise culture. Uh, so this is some. These are some of the statements coming out from our corporate overlords. CEO of Tommy Hilfiger parent company vows to do better to boost corporate diversity, address social injustice. I mean, really, he's vowing. But again, how do we hold them accountable for this? I like, yeah, I mean, th there's a lot of vows, and yeah, that's that's <laughs> the thing. We're in the world. This is why I'm calling it the performative promise culture. Uh, here's an article about how hashtags won't cut it. Corporate America faces a higher bar in a reckoning on racial inequality, but really, does it? Why? How? How does it? Who's, again, who's going to hold them accountable? Well, unless they actually release some data, which is what we talk about ah, all the time. Yeah. No one. Uh, Mark Cuban tells CEOs to examine compensation uh, or get crushed. So he's essentially telling them that he, they have to get their the way they pay people uh, in order or or the companies are going to get crushed. But really, I mean, well, they've they've been terrible at it their whole lives. Are they really going to get crushed? I mean, I like the sentiment. I like a lot of things that Mark Cuban says, actually, but I, I don't believe anyone's going to get crushed. I I like um, to think about getting crushed. I think not enough CEOs <laughs> talk about that. Crushing yeah, I like things. that. I like that idea too. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of getting crushed, uh, Donald Trump Ouch. here's a great promise says he won't watch NFL or U.S. soccer. If players kneel during the anthem, uh, first of all, no, no, isn't, there's no way Donald Trump is there, ever going to watch a soccer zero game. Zero so chance I, that guy's ever watched that. a soccer game. <laughs> and I doubt he has the attention span to watch a whole football game. But there is a promise. How do we hold him accountable for that? I guess we can vote him out of office if he watches like the Lions play the Bengals one week. Right? I, I we think can, actually we <laughs> anybody watching the Lions play the Bengals should get voted out of whatever yeah. they do. See, this is great. We can't vote out Mark Zuckerberg, uh, but we can vote out Trump if he's watching the NFL. I like it. <laughs> I, here's some more promises. Uh, oh, uh, Google and the NFL latest to call for Juneteenth commemoration. So now a lot of corporations are making the Juneteenth uh, uh, anniversary, which is the day when uh, blacks were emancipated here in the United States. They're making it a corporate holiday. So I guess that's something. I feel bad but, that it's called Juneteenth, though. It does seem to minimize yeah, what it is. It tells you it's nothing. a terrible it name for it. A Jubilee, yeah, I've heard, um, an Emancipation Day, I've heard. Those are better names. We should right. call it that. Yeah, a day you celebrate your dad is called Father's Day. That pretty much explains it, right? Yeah, no one's, no one's confused what you do on Father's Day. Yeah. 
You're burying the lead when you call it Juneteenth. Um, here's an article about how corporate America is taking a stand against against injustices except those made in China. So this is something we've talked about a lot here, how uh, uh, American corporations like to jump on the bandwagon of whatever the, the cause du jour is, but they're very confused uh, about what to do about China because there's a lot of lot of customers over in China. Yeah, it's it's hard to sell to Chinese people when you're constantly saying that China is ruining everything about America. Uh, here's an article. After years of marginalizing black employees and customers, corporate America says black lives matter. Yeah, right. Here's a statistic. Mm-hmm. There are, um, I went through uh, the what companies have said about their their workforces, the diversity. And, um, and then I identified just the companies that have some disclosure about diversity, but also have said black lives matter. They basically come out and said, we stand in solidarity with the movement and, you know, racial injustice is a problem that we need to fight, or they made a donation to some organization. Um, and out of the 25 or so companies for which I have that data, um, like 21 of them. Uh, have more white people in a percent of management than there are white people as a percent of all employees. Right. right. And less black people as a percent of management than they have black people as a percent of the firm. So what that says to you, if you glossed over because I said the word percent, um, <laughs> what that what that basically means is all of these companies who are standing against injustice are very happy to hire black people as employees occasionally, but they are very unhappy or don't ever promote them into management. White people own everything. Yeah, as we've proven on these shows many, many times, the white dudes that run these companies, they feel more comfortable hanging out with other white dudes. I think that's pretty much it. Makes them feel good. Uh, oh, I I figured out a way to to hold these com- these uh, companies accountable. Uh, listen to Business Pants. Listen to it every Monday night on WMPG at eight o'clock, and that way you can share with your family and friends uh, some of the the companies that are not following through on their promises. Is that is that what people do with their family and friends? <laughs> yes. All right. Here's one. Tech. <laughs> Tech companies say they value diversity, but reports show little change in last six years. As an example, Facebook has gone from a workforce that's 3% black to 3.8% black over six years. Progress! Facebook is one of those companies that I have in my data. And and let's not forget everyone who's listening, especially if you're young – uh, that these companies have been making these promises for years. This is not the first time these companies have vowed to tackle things like racial diversity. Here's the amazing thing about Facebook. Yep. 47% of its employees all across the firm are white. In fact, 41%, it's almost an even split between white and Asian employees, according to their own disclosures in 2019. Okay. As soon as you get to management by their own disclosures, Seventy percent of management is white. How do you manage to to almost oh, yeah. double oh, the white people awkward. in man in your management, even though your workforce is 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 fifty fifty people of color and white people? How do you do that? I guess it's a it's an elaborate systemic game of duck duck goose of of white white non white. <laughs> 
where that where it's rigged to always pick that white. Gonna I guess get, that, I don't think kids are going to be playing that at parties. What no. white, white, non-white? I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. And finally, I have to mention Snap here because it's just an odd story, and it's the perfect segue into our last category, which is a spotlight on social media. This one is just nuts. Snap uh, CEO Evan Spiegel told employees that it would keep its diversity numbers private because they might perpetuate the belief that Silicon Valley companies are not diverse. Wait, might? Okay. <laughs> so he made the comments at a, uh, at a, at a company all hands meeting uh, where he said that Snap's diversity is close to other tech firms, which skew largely white and male. He said, uh, on CNBC, he said, I've been a little worri worried that some of these disclosures normalize the current state of the tech industry, but we're actually inventing a new way right now to release that information and also make it clear about the plans we have to include representation at Snap. So, so he, he doesn't want to release the truth because he's worried it'll highlight it, the truth. It'll look like too truthy? It'll, right? I mean, this is crazy. I, I, I don't get this one at all. Like, like the last part of that, I think, is actually meaningful, which is um, they have that if if you are a company and you're taking this seriously, it also means that you have to plan how you're going to change it. Right. I think that's not wrong. But his, right. his reasoning but give to us, not give us release the, raw data. the data you, you don't is have to massage absurd. the data before you give it to us. That's absurd. Yeah, no, absurd. Just, that's like um, uh, just just just. Why don't you be quiet? Wait a little while, black people. We're going to invent a way to actually hire more of you. And yeah. then we'll show you how many more we've hired. Not that you'll know how many we had before. Yeah. And, and to those of our listeners to our podcast and on WMPG right now, uh, who are no longer 11 years old and still use, <laughs> still use snap. This is what happens at, at, snap these are these are the kind of things the ceo says so it's you know listen <laughs>